0: Hello, and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I am the founder of Impact Your Fitness and the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. I'm also a certified muscle activation techniques, RX practitioner, a certified exercise physiologist, and a published course author in lifestyle medicine. This podcast is all about the undertones of fitness and how to create potent exercise with effective thinking so that we can live an inspired, healthy life. You'll also find other shows on this feed. The Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network is actually a collection of shows that aim to elevate the conversation about exercise from all angles and provide new perspectives about how to embrace science and curiosity into our whole exercise process. So this is really the intersection of exercise mechanics, academic exercise science, human movement science, and of course, embracing the curiosity of trying new things and thinking differently about how we move and how we apply science to our exercise. In today's episode, Context Matters with Nikki Lab Levy is on fitness culture. This is a conversation with Nikki and myself, Jennifer Schwartz, on how the context of our fitness practice shapes so many things and in, in our, uh, how, how we look at ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, our confidence. Truthfully, some of this conversation is a little bit messy. Like we're open and honest about how, uh, has impacted us. It, it comes at a nostalgic level. It comes at an emotional level and, The details are messy, but some of these details and some of the outcomes are just glorious. Nikki is actually an experienced fitness professional. I mean, 18 years in the industry and her byline on Instagram at NAB Levy, her Instagram is great, is workouts that don't hurt. That's her promise to her audience is sharing workouts that don't hurt and perspectives around creating that pain-free exercise experience and being in love with your process or not even love, but like interested in it and interested in being good to yourself. I wanted to have Nikki on the podcast because she shares some intimate and bold positions on recognized fitness modalities, fitness myths, and how the fitness industry can be actually dehumanizing and unfair to consumers. And that voice, that position is, I I find, easy to understand because she really is bold about it and puts it right up front so that we can really set the tone for change in the fitness industry, which is one of the things that I advocate for often through this podcast and through my platform overall. So we discuss one of the most important factors in the consumption of exercise and fitness, and that is context matters. Nikki Levy is a strength coach and Pilates teacher with bachelor's degrees in both exercise science and journalism from Ohio University. And she has over a decade of experience helping people achieve strength and mobility with less pain. Her work has been featured in Self Magazine, Women's Health, and Girls Gone Strong. You can reach her at hello at nablevy.com, N-A-A-B-L-E-V-Y.com. She is on Instagram at nablevy. N-A-A-B-L-E-V-Y. And that is her website as well, nablevy.com. So this is actually one of two episodes that I'm putting out featuring Nikki. And that's because I think um, I'm trying something new and trying to put out shorter episodes. So in particular, this episode is a great listen for all fitness professionals, anyone who has been burned by the fitness culture and trendy workout re- and it, you'll definitely want to listen in on this one if you're one of those people who are just getting back into a routine and specifically are thinking about strength training as being your base, uh, the biggest part of your fitness menu week to week, because we really talk about the the mindset that is required for so many people that go from being burned out by the fitness trends towards really embracing the basics and being consistent with strength training. And that's really where she specializes. So I love talking about the mindset of going back to the basics. And I love that we can always reset and that the the continual process of self-improvement is about embracing the bumps and not being afraid to fail. So these are all things that are part of this like short little episode. So it's dense, it's fun, it's uninhibited. I really hope you enjoy it. And before we get started, please uh consider leaving us a review on iTunes or any of the podcast platforms that you listen in on. We are so excited to continue to grow with our audience. So those reviews mean so much. And without further to do, here is part one of my conversation with Nikki Nab levy I'd love like, you know, the 20, 30 second description of your new strength program as well.
1: Sure. Uh, So my name is Nikki. I have had all the hats and almost all the roles in the fitness industry. I've been doing this since I was 19. So some people know me as a Pilates teacher. That's not really where I identify these days. It's just not where I spend my time. Uh, I would say I spend more of my time really helping anyone who wants to work with me, but particularly women sort of make strength training accessible And finding an approach to fitness and movement and strength that actually works. Um, I would say my big rant or platform is really trying to understand how your body works and how, you know, just a little bit about how science works so you don't fall for gimmicks. And so you can actually implement something that will sustain you and make you feel better for the rest of your life. Um, I'd say a lot of my specialization is working with people with hypermobility and who are trying to get past pain just because that's a lot of my history. Um, but I'm also very interested in the cultural and problematic aspects of fitness and body image because I think it's all encompassing and inescapable and the long short of the program that, uh, we actually just started teaching, um, I'm co-teaching it with uh, Isabel Barter, who's another strength coach, who's super, super smart about brain science. And it's called Kettlebells Made Simple. And we're just trying to teach the basics of strength training and the basics of kettlebells, uh, because I think a lot of the time when people get started with that, they end up starting in the middle where it's like, here's a kettlebell, try to swing it. And it's like, actually, that's a pretty advanced move. So let's break it down a little more. So I think that's kind of the long short of it. I uh, love that last part that you just mentioned. Um, the kettlebell
0: swing, it, yeah, um, I think people, instructors really get over, in over their head trying to teach that as like the foundation, the first move. Yeah, um, I always, I have a lot of um, moments where I go Psh, about the kettlebell, um, I don't know, subculture, very, very small part of the fitness industry. So I started um, my own path back to fitness 10 plus years ago with kettlebells. So, you know, um, and that was like the early days of the influencer as well. When I really think back to it, you know, and uh, one, um, I didn't listen to an instinct I had, which was like really to go, online at that point, but I'm also glad I was like in the trenches, like working at gyms for as long as I did with as many different types of people as I did. And being in that hustle mindset culture, I'm just a part of it at that age for me and uh, the industry. And, you know, then I, it makes me, you know, think about the evolution of like where we are now and like how fast tracked we got um, in the past, like two years with online training and the fitness influencer. And, you know, I was really rolling my eyes at the, the influencer type, which was, you know, to me, I define that as they just have like a basic uh, personal training certification if they have one. Um, and, you know, they like fitness themselves. They just carbon copy their own movements and their what works for them and there's nothing wrong with you know uh being inspired by your past of course and like inspiring other people that have a similar story but when you just try to co- carbon copy yourself over and over and over again um i think that's a problem and i um you know i look at it and i was really rolling my eyes and not thinking much of the whole um place in the fitness industry that that existed And looking at it now, I'm like, whoa, um, I'm learning. I'm like learning a lot from that. Just like not um, paying attention to it, like not caring and um, not seeing how big their influence was really going to be, you know? Um,
1: So with that, um, do you have anything to add to that? You know, I I think what that evokes for me is just... (sighs) it's so interesting to me when I look at the barrier to entry for strength training, because at the end of the day, I'm a nihilist for everything I do. I, I don't care if it's a dumbbell. I don't care if it's a kettlebell. I don't care if it's a Pilates reformer. Right. I'm just like, what, you know, what do we need to be well-rounded or to feel better in our lives? And then what is accessible to us based off of our unique lived experiences. And then, uh, you know, What actually makes sense, like both from a science perspective and intersects with that lived experience? And there's so much within that influencer culture. And within the strength and conditioning and kettlebell culture that just shuts the door for women to strength training and makes them keep running back into the yoga Pilates mind body hole. and before anyone comes after me for saying that I'm not saying you shouldn't do yoga or Pilates or that mind body isn't valuable, what I am saying is that I have answered probably hundreds of emails and DMs at this point that are like, are you sure I won't get bulky? Are you sure I won't hurt myself? Are you sure it's safe for me to lift more than five pounds? I'm not mocking anyone, right? I I did this thing once and I like I felt my back. Is that safe? And there's just There's so much fear of what it will do to us aesthetically, and there's so much fear about how it's going to quote unquote hurt us that like we never get started and that's that's coming from both ends that's coming from the fact that the strength and conditioning industry is largely dominated by super aggressive usually white dudes I'm sorry but it's true. Right. Women look at that and they're like, oh, gosh, no, I don't want to work with you. And frankly, I don't blame them. I don't want to work with them either. And some of them are my friends. And then on the right. And then on the flip side, we look at influencer culture and we look at what we're quote unquote supposed to look like and aspire to where the world really will be nicer to us if we somehow manage to cram ourselves in that terrible little dieted down depressed eating disordered box. And we go, well, they seem to have the life that I'm supposed to want. So maybe I should listen to them. And it's just between those two things, we get so much confusion and so much fear that we never do the thing that actually could probably help us the most, that's most grounded in science in terms of both, both aesthetic and physical benefits. And to me, that's really sad yeah. and frustrating.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I totally hear you. I I try to bypass some of the frustration and it's sadness. I mean, cause it really does. Like, I feel that, um, I feel this weight of, wow, I, the dividends, like this, this stuff pays and you're missing out on it for, uh, you know, nothing real. And it, it does, it breaks my heart. Um, so I bypass that <laughs> sometimes. And when I, you know, when I'm scrolling and, or, um, I don't go to many gyms anymore. I go to like my gym, but when I used to, um, prance around different gyms, cause it's my hobby. I enjoy it. I enjoy different. I would go to different classes. Like I, I, you know, I was, I, I really did that for mostly for the sake of the podcast. Cause it's fun. Um, and I would just look around and be like, wow, people will do anything to avoid lifting weights, anything, any old crap, any old shit. And you're like, and that is like oh my god it's so funny um and I think uh you know just a moment for like patting ourselves on the back for saying and signaling to people that it's really good to be curious and ask questions because that's the only way you're going to get to
1: any type of
0: like long
1: abundant relationship with exercise (laughs) you know No, it's I mean it's it's true. And I get it. There's there's a comfort zone in staying in the space that feels safe, Mm -hmm. right? And feels known. And being a beginner sucks. Like, no, I don't like being a beginner any more than anyone else does, where I'm like, this is confusing. I don't know how to hold it. I like I like I don't know what's happening. I don't know who to ask. I don't know who to trust. Right. So I, I think the confusion is real. And I think the confusion and fear are legitimate, but I think also if we want to self-advocate and I had, I mean, I had to do this with myself and my own journey. I didn't start out in the strength and conditioning space at all. Like that's fairly new. That's like the third half that's like the final third of my career thus far, you know, I had to get, I hit a point where I was like, yeah, I'm in a bubble where everyone agrees with me and everyone's teaching the same thing. And every training I go to says the exact same thing that I'm already doing that I already know, right? My, my, my cognitive bias is just constantly being reinforced, but also this isn't working for me hmm. and this isn't working for my clients and I'm unhappy with my body and I can't do what I want to do. And I'm still in pain. So clearly these people who I keep giving money to don't have the answer. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, wow.
0: Um, man, I got in with the right people pretty early in my career that, that gave me the, um, the, the ability to be independent and thinking independently, um, early on, you know, it started out as philosophy for me, um, fitness and strength, strength and conditioning. Um, and yeah, like that, I guess you know, that's why our platforms even exist because we're both I mean, you know, we both see that. It's like, okay, let's question this uh fundamental logic <laughs> about um <laughs> about the whole industry, but all of them, you know, uh put into one basket. I you know, you brought up the um half of your career and like, you know, thinking about it from um the uh getting out of the confirmation bias circuitous uh, you know, circle jerk that you were in and, um, beginner mindset, uh, how important is that for you? And do you talk about that with, you know, your audience and clients?
1: I mean, I'm not sure I always explicitly say that, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a theme that just comes up again and again and again, where if I start to feel too comfortable with something and it's not working Mm -hmm. right. I'm like, hmm, I think I missed something. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look at like behavior coaching, for example, like I, this is so funny. I bought the precision nutrition certification mm-hmm just over a year ago. And I finally created some accountability for myself that Mm. I cracked it open like this weekend, almost Mm -hmm. one year later, Mm -hmm. because that's who I am. And (laughs) one of the first things that comes up in it, right, they don't lead in with macro counting, they lead in with like, we're all beginners. And most of us are beginners for our entire life. And I think that that's something that's really important to keep in mind is like, I've been in this industry for almost 17 years. And in terms of exercise habits, in terms of drinking water, in terms of nutrition, I would say I am still a beginner and that the things that I get the most benefits out of are the basics. And the things that I struggle with the most, if I'm going to struggle are the basics. And I find that's my clients too. Most of my clients, my audience or other movement professionals, they teach Pilates or yoga or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're usually beginners as well. And I don't mean that in a flip or in an offensive way. I just mean that most of us are missing or struggling with basic foundational things because modern life is a cluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I
0: think of the beginner mindset, I'm, I, 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 first of all, I love that like uh, example you brought up from precision nutrition because, you know, they're, uh, I, they're known for more coaching than, Um, Or, and integrating, you know, some science, but they're really known for like the habit building, in my opinion. Um, And uh, creating the accountability for yourself is also something that stood out to me Uh, that, you know, I try to do that here with the podcast and um, knowing that I'm, I want to be accountable for what I say. Uh, ranks pretty high for my motivation, for um, the accountability aspect, and continuing to, I don't know, just be honest with people and myself. And it's a constant, like, check back and forth, uh, checks and balances, maybe, as much as I can, if possible. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and like, you know, you went a few uh, several weeks ago when you had started uh, discussing your process with sunlight in the morning and actually monitoring your sleep. You know, I was I was really inspired by that because um, it's one. It's it's funny how it's like sold as a biohack, <laughs> and it's like don't give me like oh yeah I I could definitely go go in on the biohacking. Um, actually, I will so. Um, so, you know, kudos to you, first of all, for, you know, just saying like, fuck, I forgot about sleep, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, um, and then having like, just having the ability to step back and be like, you know what, that is like something money can't buy. Like, God bless that. Like a good night's sleep. I will never take you for granted again. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know? And, um, so anyways, the, uh, the biohacking industry, um, I get so annoyed by, uh, the idea that we have to constantly take away stress from our life and that we need all these tools to do it. And we need to be like really complicated and data driven. And, um, I think there's something to be said about collecting something objective, but it does not have to be, um, you know more than you know like the, the the bio um metrics that you can wear and uh, you know blood work a couple times a year, you know I mean I, I, I don't know, like I have my own accountability method there, but it's not biohacking, you know, like come up with another
1: word for something my grandmother was doing well, they make it so complicated, right so this is the thing that like by the time someone comes to me, and this is also my own like experience when I am a client, right? They don't usually need more exercises. They don't usually need a bunch of high level science. It's like, it has to come back to like, okay, what are your habits like? Like, what are you doing? What's working? And what's not working? And I find that when people are trying, like I've had if there's a problem, I've probably had it with my body is kind of how I feel these days. And sleep was a huge one for me. And I mean, I went down the rabbit hole and we'll spare everyone that story. But what I will say is that there's a bunch of like science about circadian rhythm. And Andrew Huberman is probably the person to go look at if you want that whole, all the science behind it. But the long short of it is that I wasn't sleeping. I had massive sleep problems and I needed a way to track what was working and what wasn't. And I was like, okay, here's what I'm doing. Okay. Am I doing any of these things consistently? No. Okay. Let me focus on one consistent thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like layering in one thing at a time. And then just using like, I've got a Garmin watch that tells you how long you've slept and just starting to look at like, okay, when when I do this, this thing happens. And when I do this, this thing happens. And when I do this, nothing happens, but I think it's like when nothing's working, you have to step back Mm -hmm. and then just kind of reconstruct it where you teach yourself, like where you treat yourself like a science experiment, but not in like this weird obsessive, like I get blood work once a week and I pee on keto sticks kind of situation. Like it, it really was like, okay. I'm going to go walk outside for 10 minutes in the morning and see the sun. And I'm going to go walk outside in the afternoon, late evening and see the sun. And I'm going to just see if I sleep better. Surprise. Mm. That solved a lot of problems. Mm. Yeah. Andrew
0: Huberman, um, his platform's super accessible. Um, it's so impressive, like how digestible it is. Um, something to be said for his voice and presence as well, I'd say, but, um, yeah, no kudos to what that team is doing. I, um, you know, those are things that I've been studying. A lot of the stuff that he talks about, like the neuroscience um, aspects of exercise and learning and drive, and um, not the sleep stuff, but you know, some of the heat lab stuff that he was he was talking about recently. Um, things I've been reading about and studying as much as I could, which isn't like a ton for several years. Um, and if anybody really wants to, um, lean on that stuff, follow what the Stanford, like pain science lab is doing their neuroscience lab. They have an integrative, uh, health, um, I don't know, department that is just, it's just like, there's nothing like it, uh, especially in the States.
1: Yeah. And I think once you start looking at that stuff, for me a big takeaway is because I don't understand 90% what comes out of that man's mouth. like I, I could like sometimes I listen to him to learn and sometimes I listen to him to fall to sleep because he does have a very soothing oh. voice. you know yeah, retweet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but something that I appreciate when I listen to people who are deep in the neuro is I'm like, wow, their human body's really complicated. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. But what I can appreciate in all of this is that, again, stepping back and figuring out how to manage the different variables of my life is probably when I feel my best. And those habits are often taken for granted because they're so quote unquote simple. And yet when I don't do these simple things, I sort of fall apart. So maybe I should just keep doubling down on it. And it's like without fail, I'll, you know, be like all of us, I'll be like really on top of it for a while. And then I'll be like, look at the sun in the morning, right? That's Mm -hmm. so simple. And then I don't do it for a few days. And then, you know, I wake up like 1am, 2am, 3am, 4am. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I need to get back to that. And, and you know, once you understand that also, it's, it's so much easier not to be like, I'm going to fall down like the shame spiral rabbit hole and just be like, okay. I know what to do to get back on track. I'm just going to do that for a while.
0: Mm. Yeah, too. I, yeah, falling down the 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 shame spiral
1: and self blame is um, pretty hard to watch. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the mental health piece. Like one of my rants on like in terms of like Instagram memes that I see in fitness land and strength land is this whole thing where they're like, if you can't get it together, stop making excuses, quit blaming your genetics, da 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 da. And I'm like can we make this conversation a little more nuanced, please? Where it's like, yeah, there are things that you... Can control, but if you're having a hard time controlling it, either you don't have enough information on what to focus on, right? You've been given some rules that don't make any sense that aren't serving you, or you're profoundly struggling with mental health and stress in your life. And maybe rather than trying to double down on these restrictive diets and all these like things that are really stressful to your nervous system, maybe we need to have a conversation about mental health and <laughs> start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, I have, I have
0: a lot of, I put a lot of stock in that with my practice. Um, at my clinic, we actually have a physical therapist that, you know, if, if any of those yellow flags go up around, uh, their, um, their beliefs about pain, their beliefs about health, um, that are, you know, in, uh, deletrious, I think it was a good word, harming, um, they get a referral to her and you know, that's also her specialty is like, you know, uh, it's almost like, you know, uh, pain science meets manual therapy meets, you know, uh, actual lifestyle coaching for, um, you know, looking at the whole picture. Does my social health factor in to my, how I feel? You know, does who I live with, does where I live, does my commute, does, you know, all these lifestyle factors that, um, you know, wouldn't fit into that meme you're talking about, like into that conversation, like into that list that they like to just, you know, frisbee around and throw around and, you know, just basically play catch with one another. Thank you so much for listening to the first half of that conversation. We left off at one of my favorite subjects, which is my studio in Alexandria, Virginia. That's impactyourfitness.net. We are actually accepting new clients for the first time in two and a half years. So that's exciting. (laughs) And we are, uh, like I said, in Alexandria, Virginia, we feature some proprietary services on activating muscles and helping people resolve chronic issues like pain and injury and just improving their overall fitness with activation. To extend your experience and join the fun on the podcast, head on over to thinkfitbefitpodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter that gives you access to lots of behind the scenes, the daily practices of learning, getting stronger, and even my own workouts. Our other show on the feed, Fitness for Consumption, is all about your questions. So what deep questions do you have about exercise science, human movement science, clinical kinesiology for the brains of Fitness for Consumption? you can sign up for the newsletter and you'll have access to my email address and be able to ask questions that way or you can head on over to fitness for consumption on instagram at fitness for consumption spelled out f-o-r the podcast on instagram is at thinkfitbfit_podcast underscore podcast and i'm on instagram at jennifer underscore simone underscore schwartz I'm so glad to be back in the microphone saddle for this season of Think Fit Be Fit. We have some really exciting stuff coming up and I can't wait to hear from you. Have a great week.